You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Oh boy. <laughs> I had my mic muted there for a second. There we go. But we're here. Yeah, I don't know if you, I think you might have been talking. I, I waited a little bit longer because I wanted to go shut off my fan to have less background noise. Um, gotcha. But we are here. Ethan, the floor is yours. <laughs> Thank you, Jude. Thank you. A wonderful introduction. Here we go. <laughs> I am Ethan Guterro. Welcome, everybody, to SSPN, talking all things Spurs. As always, I'm with Jude McLaren, partner in crime. And we're here to recap yet another disappointing loss for the San Antonio Spurs 108-109 to the Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson, apparently, who is a max-level player. Jude, why don't you go ahead and just give me your overall vibes about tonight's game? Uh, okay, so before I get into this, I'm going to make a reference to Jack Harlow. He tweeted recently that said that you know the San Antonio Riverwalk has some of the best vibrations or vibes, whatever you want to call it, in the entire country. I completely agree with that statement, and I believe that whenever we talk about the San Antonio Spurs, good vibrations and good vibes always seem to be here. Unfortunately, after this game, I'm going to bring a lot of negative vibes to this conversation, (laughs) and it has nothing to do with anybody's performance, really. There's just a couple things that really stood out to me and really frustrated me in today's game because... I think that the majority of the team uh, played well enough to definitely get like they deserved to win tonight. There there were a couple things. Really, the game should have been tied because of the missed travel call on Luca in the third quarter that led to a three from Tim Hardaway Jr. And yes, I know that Keldon also had a travel kind of late uh, that was a makeup call a little bit, but that was a two. So if you take away the three, it's the same. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm not doing my math right there, but. Point is, there were a lot of missed calls tonight, and I can get into the refs, which I'll get into that later. And it's not necessarily like this is not the refs weren't the difference in tonight's game. That's just that was just another little annoyance. But when it comes to this one, Ethan, everything that I keep thinking about is Boban Marjanovic easily shooting jump hooks over Thaddeus Young. And that let's see how many points did Boban have tonight? I remember two off the top of my head specifically, 19, but now, I think. now the, oh my bad. Okay, so yeah, he made eight shots tonight. Okay, uh, if we had somebody in there who was tall enough to contest him, he probably misses two of those. Okay, I mean maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Maybe this is just wishful thinking, but I think he can miss at least one of those if we have somebody in there that you know can just put a hand up. Maybe doesn't even take the shot. It, it's. And when you lose a one-point game like that, it's like, why are we playing Thaddeus Young, who is 6'7"? I get that, like, I saw Jeff McDonald, who's a super respected writer for the San Antonio News Express, or Express News, excuse me, and I really like his work. But at the same time, because his argument was, you know, somebody tweeted about, like, why aren't we getting Jock Landale? Like, what beef does pop out with Jock Landale? And Jeff responded, he was like, well, he's, you know, an eight-game, a rookie in his eighth game. And I, no, I shouldn't talk like that. But <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to mock him because I really do respect him. I've like, I've grown up reading his stuff. Um, but at the same time, you know, hit, well, 
I'm, I'm sorry about that. I got the ESPN thing again and no, I can't talk if that's going to my ears, but going back to the topic at hand, Jeff McDonald quoted that tweet and said, he's a rookie in his eighth game. I'd be shocked if he was even involved in the lineup. And this goes back to what we were talking about in the comments this past Monday, if you were with us to recap that game in our post game. And the point that everybody was making is that Jock Landale is not a normal rookie. Yes, the NBL is not the NBA, but he is a dude who has played high-level Olympic basketball against the Olympic team that Greg Popovich coached, by the way. So he saw it firsthand, which is probably why he wanted to sign him, which I'm, you know, I love the signing. But um, let's play him, man. This is like an he has Olympic experience. There's no excuse. He's not a rookie. I, I don't care. Like at this point, I don't care even if he is a rookie. He would have contested one of Boban's shots, and that was the difference tonight. I mean, there were a lot of things that were the difference tonight, but that was one of the things that were the difference tonight. And I know I'm getting a little bit heated here, but it's just like, man, these guys shouldn't be like DeJounte shouldn't be, you know, hanging his head. Devin shouldn't be hanging his head. Like, I hate watching these guys go back to the locker room where they feel sad and disappointed. And because they're good guys and they have a good mental set and they're not going to make excuses because once again, they're just a good like they're a good group of dudes, they're they're not going to make excuses and they're going to put it on themselves. But they shouldn't be having to put them on themselves mm-hmm. when we're making these stupid coaching decisions. And like I I still you know I will never not say that Pop is the greatest coach of all time. Greg Popovich and the entire coaching staff know more about basketball than I do. That is a absolute fact. I'm not sitting here saying that I'm smarter than them and that I should be the coach. But tonight, when you have somebody on the bench who's six eleven. And you're putting in Thaddeus Young, who is 6'7", to guard Boban Marjanovic, another player that you've had on your roster and coached. It is the most frustrating thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's a little bit of an exaggeration, obviously. But at the same time, I am just like... Oh my gosh, like, here's M-Easy. Like, we had McDermott playing center for a little bit. Like, what? Like... And and even here's another thing. If we want to talk about questionable coaching decisions, now granted, Lonnie hit that three and and shout out to him, man. Shout out to him for hitting that three because that kept us in the game. But like, why are we subbing Doug McDermott out for Lonnie Walker to shoot a three? Yeah, I think it was intended for him to push the ball down the floor, but he didn't get the inbound. So okay. it just ultimately, because he's so fast, I feel like I thought that that was why we were bringing him in. But it didn't work out that way, so it it, okay. it ended up being really stupid because he just shot a three, which I he made, thank God. But I would much rather have had Dougie McDermott shooting that three. But Even I in general, like, is there somebody else we can sub out at that point in the game? Like, we needed a three. Yeah. So why are we subbing Doug McDermott, our best three point shooter, True. out of the game? True. Yeah, and, and so like, and, and here's the thing, like, look, I I understand that that he's a rookie and he probably would would make some mistakes absolutely like Eubanks yeah. is out there still making mistakes right yeah. um although i think that he played a pretty good game tonight overall all things considered and made up for the paint defense with four blocks which we'll get into a little bit later um that was desperately needed in Jakob Pertl's absence but like put like for the, when Boban's out there, just throw Jock out there. Like he's yeah. played Olympic basketball, dude. He's played against Bam Adebayo like consistently, and and in other Olympics before. Like, come on, man. Like, please. It, and I know that's the one thing that I'm harping on, but in a one point game like this, those little things are the difference. 
Yeah. <sighs> and I'm going to echo exactly what you said, but I'll add another thing. Yes, I don't please have a problem. talk about something else. <laughs> yeah. No, it's pretty much the same topic. I don't have a problem with Thaddeus Young playing 22 minutes like he did tonight, but not at the five. I need him at the four. And another thing I have a problem with, even if you don't want to play Jacques, even if you just have absolutely no intention on putting him in the game, okay, fine, I get it. That's what the Spurs do. It pisses us off, but that's what they do. Yeah. But you still only play Drew Eubanks 19 minutes. And I know people are pissed off at Drew because he's had an off season so far, but he's still bigger than Thaddeus Young. And he's going to give my man Boban a little more you know, fits when it comes to scoring on offense, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on that. After those two Boban shots that were Boban was like, oh, look, Thaddeus Young is right here. And by the way, not bad defense by Thaddeus exactly. Young. He's just six seven, right? Um yes. and, and he made he had some two turn bad turnover passes tonight where they caught on to what he was doing, but he still also had some good things offensively. Like Thad benefited us offensively tonight. He didn't I saw a comment right here, like he wasn't he didn't play terrible. It's just where he's playing yeah. makes absolutely no sense. But going back to that, those two easy little shots that Bobon had over him, it's like then Pop's like, Oh, got us up in Eubanks. Like, what did you expect, dude? Like mm-hmm. you literally like are it, I, I would I I was <laughs> Like is is he just like is his oldness getting to him? Like I don't mean that to be disrespectful. Yeah. Like I'm just genuinely asking. Like I'm curious why is it so outrageous in the comments? Let us know. Is it weird that both both Jude and I think it's not like a bad idea to put Thaddeus Young at the four and then Drew Eubanks or Jakob Pertle or even Jacques Landau at the five? Like why do we have to play? Thaddeus Young at the five. I don't understand why that's such a necessity that if he's in the game, then Drew's coming out and he's going to be playing the five with like Devin at the four. Like, I don't understand why that's the case consistently when we continue to see that defensively, it's just a nightmare. Offensively, it's fine because we're so much faster and he's such a, like a pretty good passer as far as like working from that high post area. But defensively, it's just, it's not even his fault. Like you said, like he played pretty de- pretty good defense on Boban Marjanovic. And I saw out an instant replay, he had his hand up when Boban hit one of those crazy hooks. And he literally just went like, 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 like put his hands in the air. And he's like, what am I, what am I supposed to do? Like he's seven foot four. Like there's nothing I can do to stop this. It'd be different if like, you know, we didn't build Boban in the NBA, but we literally did. Like Pop knows Boban better than any other coach in the league, and he's making this decision. It's got to be one of the most frustrating things of all time. And this is another thing that you mentioned. I mean, the rotations on defense, like defensive rotations have been a problem, but also just like our rotations in regards to our lineups mm-hmm. have just been question marks. Like our man Mace says, thank you guys all for being in here, by the way. Let's give a shout out to Nick, Lara Latin, Mace, our man OTO, Anata Prajna, um, all of y'all in here. I'm the most handsome Tanner Robinson. We appreciate y'all. MZ Robertson, as well. get it right, Jude. Robertson, yes. Respect um, Tanner. But going back, swing it back to you, Ethan. Yeah, rotations have been all kinds of off, and we can get in a little bit more details as we move along in the show, but just a quick note on rotations. Why is Trey Jones playing two minutes, and why is Kata Bates playing five minutes? Like, <laughs> what's the purpose of that? Like, I don't understand that. And then you're not going to play Jacques when we needed size. Like Trey played good tonight, too. Like When he was on the floor, he didn't do anything wrong. Why did he only get... He came in for two minutes and then went oh, right back out of the game. We didn't never even saw him play... He got, he got a point, mm-hmm. uh, a, 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 an assist, and a steal. Yeah, he played very well. He always plays very well when he comes in and just immediately sits back down and doesn't come back into the game for some unknown reason. 
Yeah, and Kieda Bates. I would have rather had Kieda Bates guarding Boban. Yes, or at the end of the game, I was talking to my boy Tanner. He Robinson. would have had a better chance. Kieda Bates Diop instead of um, when they were cooking my poor man Doug McDermott at the end of the game. Well, I don't know why we didn't just put Kieda Bates Diop in there instead because I know you wanted him to shoot threes, but you weren't even giving him the ball when it was our chance to score anyway. So he was basically out there just to get cooked by Luka Doncic or Jalen Brunson. So put somebody else in there that's a better defender. Yeah, I missed who you were talking about there. I was just uh, Doug McDermott when he okay. was in at the end of the game getting completely obliterated by Jalen Brunson and Luka Doncic. Like, yes, yes. And and why was – like I don't know if this was – I don't want to – Derek played a pretty solid game um, overall. Like this was a much improved game yes. for Derek tonight. But at the end of the game – why is he not switching on to Jalen Brunson? And why are we having two straight possessions where Jalen Brunson is being guarded by Doug McDermott? Yep. And they're switching. They were and, and then Derek's over there just standing next to Dorian Finney-Smith. Like, why is Derek White our second best defender who was harassing Luka with DeJounte all night? Yep. Guarding Dorian Finney-Smith when Jalen Brunson's career high is against the Spurs for 31. He's been cooking us for the past three years. Mm-hmm. Like... And they finally <sighs> fixed it at one point. They finally switched it and back. It was too late. Derek, and it was too late. And he and he still cooked Derek. He literally put him in the spin cycle, hit a turnaround jumper, and it was like, I don't know what you're going to do about that. He's already hot. He's already hot. Yeah. Yeah. There there were a lot of frustration. Uh, there are a lot of frustration tonight. Um, so let's get into the main segment part now that we yep. got our little 15-minute vent session there. Yes. Uh, starting off, uh, let's go with offensive MVP. I have a feeling we're going to have the same guy tonight. I don't know for a fact, but Ethan, who you got? Uh, I went with the safe choice. There, there were two choices in my opinion, so if you don't say the other one, then we can talk about him in a second. But I'm going to say DeJounte Murray. Okay. I know he was minus eight from the field, but 23 points, eight assists, nine boards. And you can just con- you continue to see – that when he's on the court, our offense operates a, a way more efficiently and cohesively. Eight assists. Eight, eight assists. And and he's such a great isolation scorer. I know a lot of people think that, you know, late in games, we don't have a closer. I think DeJounte's our closer. And I think if you watch these games closely, you can that see. That three he hit, he has a, he hit was three. huge. He took Luka all the way to the cup and, and got a really tough layup to kind of, I think it was cut it to one point at a certain certain point. Or maybe it was to tie the game up. I can't remember. But he has that body language, that desire to take over a game, and we need that at this point, and I don't think anybody else necessarily wants it. Um, So it's great to see we have somebody that we can kind of count on to kind of go get us a bucket in the absence of DeMar DeRozan, so I'm going to give it to DeJounte Murray. And then defensively, as always, he's he's out there doing his absolute best, even though nobody can stop Luka Doncic. Yeah, so I'm actually surprised. Mine is Devin Vassell. Yeah, that's Um, what I'm But but I don't mind. I I see now that... I, I actually thought Devin was our leading scorer still. Um, and I'm not mad Close. at DeJounte at all. DeJounte was deserving too. You could honestly, if you wanted to argue, I mean, I think Derek had an argument tonight as well. Um, but I'm going with Devin Vassell, just how efficient he was, how hot he was. And the reason that he missed shots later in the game is because as if you guys were listening to the broadcast, Sean was like, why are we not going to Devin Vassell? He's so hot yeah. right now. We're not going to him. And notice, what did the what did the Mavericks do? What did Luka Doncic do in the clutch? 
He didn't take the shots because guess what? Jalen Brunson was on fire. So they let them do that. Like we saw like other teams are doing it and beating us with it. Why didn't we give like Devin would have, he could have gone for 30 tonight. Like he really could have. I don't, I, if we would have kept giving him the ball, there's he, he would have gotten at least, I would say like seven more points. Like, yeah, I got to go back and uh, look at you, but did you, do you remember? It felt like to me, we were taking him out as soon as he was like hitting. He would hit like four shots in a row, and then we would just be like, "All right, Devin, come on out." Cool. Uh, and this I know is you're the hot, same go thing. Come on out. That Pop did with Manu. Like growing up, there are a lot of times where Manu would get hot, and Pop would take him out, and it didn't matter because you had two other Hall of Famers. We don't yeah. have two other Hall of Famers anymore, as as far as we know right now. I would love to. I would hope and love to think that Dejounte Murray and Kelton Johnson and Joshua Primo will all be Hall of Famers or whoever. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Weezy. we don't know that. We don't know that for sure. Oh, Weezy's Hall of Fame for sure. Yeah, um, no doubt, no doubt. First ballot, Joe, mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe Weez Camp. Um, but going back to what we were talking about, um, yeah, like chilling with Cat says right here, man. Yeah, bro, you you did nothing wrong. He made one mistake. Literally, okay, tell me when he dropped the ball going baseline. He got that cut from DJ. To, Dude, he had true. an opportunity to like. I think he was tied yeah. or take the lead. Maybe if we would have kept him in rhythm and kept giving him the ball, he wouldn't Perhaps. have gotten out of rhythm, and that wouldn't have happened. That was what I thought when I saw that. Still a mistake, and because he's a guy and who's in the right mental state, doesn't make excuses and wants to keep getting better. He's gonna say that's on him. When mm-hmm. really, uh, I think it's a different story if he's in rhythm. I don't think that, like, you saw the forced three there at the end, and it almost went in. Like, the rotation on the ball when he shoots yeah. it just looked so good tonight. And um, that, I, like I said, I, I like DeJounte Murray as a pick as well, but um, the way that Devin Vassell played tonight, just so efficient, the way he was making everything, he was in such a rhythm, we just didn't give him the ball. So, other than that dropped pass, that was, like, yeah. that was his one mistake, but... That, that's why he, he got my really, MVP. Really good game. Yeah. So he was our spark plug with Lonnie kind of not being that tonight. So that was huge. I don't know what's wrong with Lonnie the past couple games. He hasn't played bad, but he just hasn't shot that much. Yeah, he like. just yeah, like he only went two for five. Like it wasn't yeah. like he had a horrible game. He did have six assists quietly. Yeah. Like so he passed the ball, was plus twelve on the plus minus. That's actually the highest on the team. Um yeah. So maybe you could say he's a little bit of an unsung hero there, at least in the stat sheet. He's not who I have as my pick, but uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Any any final thoughts just on Devin and DeJounte? Uh, on Devin, I have one. And I, I promised my man Tanner Robertson that I would talk about this tonight. The, the more we see him play with meaningful minutes, Jude, the more I'm leaning toward actually elevating him to possibly the starting lineup. I know Derek played really well tonight, and I don't want to crap on Derek because he really didn't do anything wrong other than a couple times, I think, dribble a little too much and make a bad pass. But, man, Devin, he's playing really well, and he's not playing, like, G League well. He's playing well enough to deserve starting level minutes. I'm not saying give him the job, but it's a great sign to see that one of our young guys is taking this next step uh, to to move up into that starting lineup and prove himself because say with your chest, Ethan, <laughs> because because he fits as our starting shooting guard. Like based on the formula that we've gone to in the past, a guy that can shoot and play defense, and he does both of those very well. And if Derek continues to struggle with shooting, I don't have a problem with switching them. Put Derek off the bench as the primary facilitator because that's really where I think he's best. Is he when looks, he's the facilitator. 
good playmaking tonight too. Yes, I think off ball is just a little too weird. I don't know why, but it also the past six games, seven games, it's been kind of iffy for some reason. So I'm not saying do it right now. Give him a couple more sample size for for Derek to prove himself. But Devin's looking very good. Yeah, so I think popping them's thinking is like, well, we need some more height on the bench. But you got six eleven dude just chilling, <laughs> just waiting to come in. Yeah, yeah. It's not like he's twenty five and has played Ooh. in the Olympics multiple times or won a professional basketball league's MVP pretty recently or anything. But he has. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The only reason I'm not saying put Devin over McDermott right now is because McDermott's playing our four, and I don't want Devin playing our four. Um, I just don't. I'd, I'd rather him at the two or the three, but I don't think Keldon – I don't want to move Keldon to the bench, nor do I want to move him to the fourth spot. So I'm just addressing the Diamante. And yeah, yeah. No, and I get the appeal there because Devin actually has played pretty well at the four, kind of off the bench in, in a mm-hmm. couple of different circumstances. And we've talked about his rebounding this year and how he's just got a vertical – um, and you know, uh, unfortunately I kind of agree with, uh, our man Diamante right here, Ethan, it's going to be real tough to see Derek getting benched with that contract. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad. Um, but I, I, I'm for it. I really am. Like you just tell him, Hey, be like Manu. Like I, I wouldn't, I see the benefits of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and maybe it wouldn't work, but if we're not going to be winning games down the stretch, Let's try it, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, exactly. This is what we need. This is what we need, bro. We need this so bad. Like, fine. If you're not going to play Jock, whatever. It, if, you're, if your whole rule is the rookie thing, like, gosh, we need Zach not injured. Like, because he would have helped tonight, too. He would have got a hand up, and at least probably Bobon would have missed one shot. It, it just, ugh. <sighs> What's OTO's question referring to? I can't remember. Can y'all answer me this? Was Luca's foul a bait or a legit foul? Which one? I don't know which play you're referring to there, my man OTO. Um, yeah, so I don't know how to answer that question. But sorry, uh, buddy. if you want to move on to defensive MVP, yeah. uh, let's go ahead and do that. So who do you got? Because despite this frustrating result, uh, there was a lot of good defensive play tonight, in my opinion, specifically considering the fact that we held Luka Doncic. I know he still had 23, 12, and 7, but in all reality, he shot 3 for 12 from the three-point line and 10 for 25 uh, from the field goal, uh, just overall, So um, and had four turnovers as well. So really against one of the best players in the league, uh, that was a really good job defensively tonight against him. Who was who your de- defensive MVP, Ethan? I got to go with Devin Vassell. I know he was your offensive MVP. He had a couple steals. He had zero steals. He had a couple blocks, excuse me. One of them was really impressive at the end of the game. I know everybody probably remembers that vividly when he went up. I think it was against, was it Finney Smith that he went up and swatted away? Back I'm when we didn't have a single center. Here. It, you go up and you, when you look it up, you'll see okay. it. It's it's pretty impressive. I'll watch he had a the crazy block. At some point. But I'm going to go with him because every time I saw him switch onto Luca, Luca really struggled to to find his shot, and he defended his turnaround jumper better than anybody else I saw tonight. Luca was cooking guys in the post, but as soon as Devin was guarding him, he was having trouble getting that shot to fall, and he was having to defer a lot 
to Jalen Brunson. Unfortunately, Jalen Brunson ended up cooking whoever was guarding him. But when Devin was guarding Luca, um, I liked what I saw from him. He, he was really able to limit his offensive prowess, which is very difficult to do. Yeah, I think that um, the whole kind of team did a really good job yeah. on Luka Doncic tonight. And I have like a slash. I have two guys, um, and it's our two highest played players on the team. <laughs> Finally, yeah. I can you know kind of combine these two together and be like, I'm happy we're paying them this. Uh, Derek and Dejounte. Uh, obviously, we saw the steals that Dejounte got on Luka, where he was pickpocketing him, and and. When I see Luca's body language and I see him like not even get frustrated after he got pickpocketed, but just yep. kind of be like, wow, this guy's good. Like I couldn't have done anything there. I thought I had him, you know, like I just thought he was, I was better than like, I thought I didn't think he was like that basically was the reaction on his face. Um, and obviously we're just, you know, kind of, I'm a psychoanalyzing Luka Doncic through a television screen right now. So maybe I'm completely off here, but from what I saw, it seemed like when, when we're at the point to where, you know, top players in the league are just like, man, shoot, DeJounte got me there. That is a good thing to see. Like that is something that we've been wanting to yeah. see for a really long time. Um, and Derek did a really good job kind of harassing him, getting, getting physical with him. Even there was a shot that, I think Luca made where Derek got physical with him and then just got a hand up and did like best defense possible. But it was it was different than the closeouts from last game that I kind of complained about where I was like, oh, we're just putting a hand up. It was yeah. like an actual get in. And yeah, it went in. But I was like, OK, but he got physical with him on that play. He forced him to make a fadeaway and he had the best contest possible. Yeah. Um, so Those closeouts you know, I, are considerably yeah. better this game. Yes. Know, if you notice that. Yes, they were for sure. And so just the combination um, of Derek and DeJounte kind of staggering on Luka, depending on who was in the game. I know there were times that Luka was in and both of them were in the game, but they could, you know, switch back and forth on them. Uh, the combined effort of our two guards there guarding Luka, um, despite the stat sheet, if you look at the field goal numbers, you'll see uh, how well of a job both of those guys did making him uncomfortable, which is probably a big reason why the Spurs had a chance in this game. I like that. I like that a lot. I can't disagree. They both played very well. This is, I think this is the best game we've seen from Derek since yeah. um, that one game where he kind of went off a little bit. I can't remember which one it was, but he had one really good game this season. All righty, let's move on to our unsung hero, my man. Go ahead. Who do you got? So uh, I've already been seeing there's a lot of complaints in the comments. Y'all may not like this one, but here's my perspective from what I saw. I got Doug McDermott. I think that he opened up the offense. I don't think he made a single three tonight. I don't even think he shot a three mm -hmm. tonight, which I don't like. He only took two shots the entire game. Don't like that. I know we were talking about how they were running plays for him before. and They weren't tonight. Yeah, they weren't They weren't tonight, and we were kind of complaining, hey, they should do that with Bryn. Uh, when, when Doug McDermott comes back, that'll probably happen. Didn't happen tonight. Um, but at the same time, I, I felt like that our offense looked a lot prettier um yeah. it looked a lot more in rhythm there's still problems that we got to fix there were still a couple times where dudes were just picking up their handoffs and looking around like oh who do i pass it to you know kind of deer in the headlights thing but there was a lot less to just all right i'll get the ball try to beat a guy off the dribble if it and then oh, i don't see anything let me pass it off to somebody else on the perimeter they'll do the same thing for another 10 seconds there's a lot less of that and i think a lot of that had to do with just the spacing and the effect that um Doug McDermott has on the floor that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. Just him being on the floor, 
that was something different than all those other games. And then we noticed a difference in our offensive rhythm and our offensive efficiency, just the way that we ran our offense. You could see a significant uh, improvement, at least from my perspective, Ethan. Um, And I think that even though Doug didn't do too much tonight on the stat sheet, I think that that just the way that he commands attention on the floor um, Mm -hmm. opened things up for us tonight. What, What do you think about that? I didn't even think about that, honestly, but that's a really good point. It's, it's, it was definitely noticeable tonight. We had a lot more cohesion. Like but I'm not crazy about. there. <laughs> no, you're not crazy. It was a lot easier for Derek and DeJounte to kind of attack. I think we significantly saw that from Keldon, who struggled the past couple games without Doug McDermott there to space the floor. He was able to kind of get to the rack at a much higher clip. He definitely opens up everything else in our offense, even when he's not shooting. So hopefully we can kind of get him involved again offensively uh, and capitalize on his involvement even more. Uh, My unsung hero, Jude, it's also probably not going to be very popular with some of the people in the comments section uh, because, you know, he he didn't play a perfect game and he's been struggling all season. But he he was handed an impossible task to fill the shoes of Jakob Pertl in the starting lineup. But Drew Eubanks did his best with what he was given, in my opinion. He played hard-nosed defense. I know people don't like that he can't really shoot that well. And offensively, he's a little bit limited because he really only has one thing, and that's dunking the basketball. But he had three blocks. He played physical defense. He did his absolute best. He said good screens. I mean, I really can't ask anything else from Drew Eubanks. I thought this was in one the of his situation games. he was put in tonight, guys. Like yes, in the situation we couldn't have asked anything else from him. In my opinion, maybe hit a couple more shots, but I mean, what are you going to do? Forty percent still not exactly bad for a guy that's not known as a scorer. Uh, he had five rebounds as well. Like I said, those three blocks, including one nasty block on uh, I think it was Tim Hardaway Jr. trying to go yes. for that poster. Just a spark plug, and I'm, I'm glad he was there. Without him, we would have been in a lot more trouble. And I love the way that last sentence that you had because I think regardless of how anybody feels about your Eubanks, mm-hmm. like objectively, man, like y'all can disagree and say it's not objectively, but I don't think that this is the same game. I mean, uh, look, if you're replacing him with Jock Landale, that's a different story. But like, yeah. obviously, Pop's not going to play him. We learned that tonight. So without Drew Eubanks holding down the paint um, to some extent, I know it only says three blocks here on ESPN. I really think they missed that. I think they missed one. I'm pretty sure there were four. And he they mentioned one, it on the broadcast. Yeah, it, it might have just close. been like half. Yeah. Regardless, yeah, it was a contest that forced a miss. Right. And it was like he got a little bit on the ball. I think that may have been kind of that second little block half contest after uh, he he threw the ball straight to Dorian Finney-Smith, yeah. who gave it to Tim Hardaway Jr. But he made up for it. That was the important thing. So um, he still is is making some mistakes, obviously still struggling in, in some areas. But, you know, when it comes to missing that paint defense that Jakob has really held down, um, you can't ask for, you know, three and a half, four blocks. You, you really just, I mean, he, he was a, that that's for Drew Eubanks. That's, that's a pretty good performance. So I'm, I'm cool with him being the unsung hero as well. Only 19 minutes. Um, but without his physicality down there in, it would have been a problem, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there were still a little bit problems with roles. There were times that he was going to help Luca, which led to wide open lobs. Yep. Um, there are things that Drew can get better at. Uh, but tonight, tonight was probably his best game that we've seen. I don't know if it was the best game um, 
that we've I seen think throughout the year. First but game was probably better. Better, yeah. The the magic game, I yeah, think for so. sure, for sure. Um, but you know, hey man, um, so he can be blind, but I mean, he made a bunch of other hooks. He, he missed some, yes, but also like once again, if we don't have another big block, getting blocked shots, there's. There's not really. I mean, if if you watch the tape, this is probably one of Drew's better games overall throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely second best, if not first. So, I mean, in this situation, kind of, kind of the yeah. what he had to do there. <laughs> you have to manage expectations versus what you want from a center. And expectations, he had ten points, five boards, th- three, maybe four blocks. That's that's expectation. We're, we're learning. We're learning how you, you know. We're learning more about Eubanks also with mm-hmm. the way that he's playing this year. So in his situation, that the player that he is, which is really as we established last episode, a third string center probably. Um, he made some huge plays uh, in the paint. So once again, an impossible task. I'm yeah. not mad at it. Um, we're so down bad for Jock. Everybody, so is. true. We're we're really we're really down bad for for Zach Collins, man. And that's the other thing. I know we're talking about Drew Eubanks and we're talking about Thad Young right now, but um, the thing that we need is the thing that we need is Chuck Landale and Zach Collins. So, like, yes, we're we're talking about these guys, but we'd prefer other people to play also. Yes. Um, so, anyways. God, With this that is just being such said, a tough game, man. This it really is such was a tough, game. a tough game because everything we did wrong could have been corrected, in our opinion, at least. All right, let's move on to our next topic, and that is what we did that we can improve. Right? Is that what we're doing? Yes. Something yes. that we can do to improve going into next game. Jude, you can take this first. Okay, so I have the same thing written down as last as the last episode, and it's just size. Yep, it's just size and the paint. It's just like, like at least at least Eubanks was boxing out uh, Bobon and like yes. tipping rebounds out to people. At least he could do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and Thad, and it, once again, not Thad's fault, but when Bobon Marjanovic can turn around and just put his hand up as high as he wants and flick it and score with absolutely no contest with while Thad Young is giving max effort trying to defend the shot and there's still no contest because he's 6'7 and Boban Marjanovic is 7'4 it's like what is this? What we have somebody on the bench who's six eleven, dude. Like, like I know once we already talked about this at the beginning of the show that he's a rookie and all that stuff. But yeah, it, it makes absolute. And then immediately after he makes those two shots, you sub in Eubanks, and it's like, okay, well, obviously you realize that there's a height discrepancy. Yeah. So why don't you put in somebody who's taller than Drew Eubanks? <laughs> You'd think. You would think. Well, Jude, I have the same thing, honestly. I thought everything else that we've talked about in the past was kind of addressed in tonight's game. Cohesion offensively, it looked addressed. You know, being able to score with DeJounte off the court, it looked a little bit better in my opinion. Derek improved in that scenario as well as Devin and Lonnie kind of helping out. Lonnie with his assisting rather than scoring, obviously. But size is one of those things that you just... Oh, okay. Here's another number, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, 56 to 40 was the rebound numbers tonight. Yeah, it's bad. 
56 to bad. 40. That is really And bad. you lose by one point. Yep. It's just yep. We shot 5% better from them from the field. We shot 10% better than them from three. And we shot 3% better from them on the free throw line. We literally outshot them the entire night. Yes, mm-hmm. they made one more three than us technically, but like it just just atrocious they had more turnovers than us we had 10 more fast break points than us the only thing we had one more foul than them which that that's you know that's the only thing other than and then our largest lead was 10 and their largest lead was 12 and we had better shooting split efficiency as well we had six more we had six more blocks four more assists we literally beat them and and i know that stats aren't everything we we talked about that on the show but still we beat them in every single statistical category except for rebounding where we got completely obliterated and it's because we're playing somebody who's six seven mm-hmm. and yeah and, and so i i get well hold on wrong wrong comment here we'll get to that we'll get to that um but yeah I understand where you're coming from, Diamante, and I know we we gave you know Eubanks the uh, the unsung hero tonight because of the situation. But still, in my opinion, from what I've seen so far, and maybe we end up being we all end up being wrong about Jock, but Eubanks in tonight's scenario should be a third. You know, the third he should still yeah. be coming off the bench, and Jock should have started. That's what I would have liked. And two undersized bigs who are I, I would say that I, I'm, I'm gonna give and maybe this is one or no, I'm not even gonna say maybe I think that Eubanks is an above or not an above average rim runner but I don't think he's a below average rim runner um that's fair yeah I also don't think that uh what's his that's name that's decent that, too I think that's not a, run, but, a rim runner though he's more of like a a, a, a Draymond Green type guy yeah. that's gonna facilitate and but non-shooting factors yes yeah. yeah exactly he's not a scorer no and and that would be how you would beat them from the outside, right? Mm-hmm. Which Diamante makes a great point there. So, and that's the other thing. Why did Chat Thad shoot a three? Like what? I saw like, that. Like what? what I, I don't. I understand it's wide open, but come on. Like, why are we taking that shot? If yeah. Drew can't take that shot, Thad can't take that shot. Because when Drew took his second three of the year, and you know it looked really, really ugly. Pop mm-hmm. was like, never do that again. So why is Thad do he literally was like, I told you not to do that. I don't know if y'all saw that yep. on that when that happened. So like, why is Thad getting the same like why isn't he getting the same treatment? Because he's a veteran. If the Spurs way is all about hypocrisy, Ethan. Hypocrisy. Yep. <sighs> yeah. I also do want to address the fact the reason Keldon was shooting so much was because in transition, he's the one that just happened to end up with the ball in his hands and he would just immediately take it to the hole. Um, so that's why he shot more than Devin. But I agree with you. Devin needed to be shooting more uh, just because he was so hot tonight. Sorry, I was Once, addressing what you No, mean. you're good. And, and, and in a one-point game, going back to Thad, like that possession could have been the difference, man. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, every possession could have. But yeah. I'm sorry if I'm a little off tonight, if I'm a little scrambled and no, you're I'm good. wording things. I'm just... I'm y'all you guys can probably feel and see my frustration here a little bit. Um so yeah, but uh any any final thoughts on on what we can get better? Have you even said yours or have I just been ranting this whole time? I, I have said mine. I uh it's I just agree with you. It's size. It's yeah. just rotations and size. If we can fix and those aren't things that the players are at fault for. So it's just something that we need to make an adjustment as a as an organization. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Um 
So, uh, Laura, just to address this comment, in fairness, although we are all excited for Jock, I remember him causing a lot of turnovers for us in the preseason. Maybe that's why we don't play him. Um, I think I I, I see what you're saying, um, but after those minutes that we saw in the regular season in the Pacers game last week where he didn't miss a single shot and scored 10 points in five minutes and swished a three in rhythm, it gave us a little bit confidence there. <laughs> so once again, only garbage time minutes, but, but I think that's why everybody's mindset has kind of changed a little bit. I'm um, glad that Laura is in here though. Stay in here, Laura. We need some yes. even killed people in here. We're all, all of yes. everybody else in here. I'm very tonight. emotional tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so me, Jude and everybody else in the comment section, we swing back and forth. We don't ever really just kind of hit the middle. So I'm glad she's here to bring us down to her. All right. Well, let's go and try to find some positives tonight because like we said, despite everything, the offense looked a lot better. There, there were some good things. Um, what, what is your overall main thing, something that you could point out that we did well tonight, that we improved on? Um, I think I kind of half stated it a second ago, and that's, you know, our offensive cohesion looked a lot better. Uh, Derek White just being able to score a little bit more efficiently. Uh, I think that helped open up the rest of his game that we knew he had, which is being a facilitator. So when DeJounte left the game, we were still able to find a basket. At the same time, I'm sure Doug McDermott's presence on the court also helped in that situation. I think Devin has taken it upon himself. I don't know if anyone's told him to do this. I don't know if he has had a conversation with anybody, but he's taken it upon himself to be that primary scorer coming off the bench and just look for his shot and get open buckets. And it's, it's proving to be effective in my opinion. And I think Lonnie is kind of, you know, he's all up for it, man. He's got those six assists. He hit him with a dime to the left corner early in the game in transition. And Devin just drained a three. It kind of sparked some momentum for us. I think everything that we've addressed in past episodes, as far as offense goes, has gotten better. I think defensively, we still have some things we can work on. And like we said, rotations, not really a player's fault. But as as far as offense goes, we, we've improved quite a bit, in my opinion. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, I had that written down. The offensive cohesion just looked so much better. Um, and I wrote also that kind of comes back. I think that just has to do with Doug McDermott being back in the lineup. That's it. Um, so just looking at um, some other things that we did well that I'm trying to think. Um, I'm what is it? Oh, the closeouts. We were talking about closeouts earlier. Right. Um, so that was really good to see a lot better contest. There were still some times there was like one shot where Eubanks just put his hand up and didn't jump at all. And I'm like, dude, if you would have jumped right there, you would have actually contested the shot and it wouldn't be an easy make for somebody. Mm-hmm. I know we love Eubanks on this show, but y'all heard that? That's criticism. Yep. Um, yep. But <laughs> anyways, besides the point, um, man, this is this is a good question right here. Uh, how long do you think Jakob will be out? That all depends. It's it's COVID stuff, so question mark is the answer. We we do not know, but I'm trying to think. Devin Vassell, you mentioned him. Obviously, he did well. Um, I liked the way that Dejounte didn't start that well, but still found his rhythm. Kept shooting as the game went on. Hit that big kind of sidestep three. I don't even know how to explain it. Almost had another triple double tonight Mm -hmm. um, and and found his way to score 23. Oh, and what we did well tonight, Derek white. Yeah, this is like, I haven't even got to this point. This is the Derek white. We're paying 70 million. Like, Oh my gosh. I mean, he, 
are there any, can you think of anything that he did? I mean, obviously I'm sure there are some mistakes. If you really look at the tape, um, mm-hmm. there's, I remember there's one time where he got beat by Luca on a, a turnaround jumper near the post, but overall, uh, just a much better job for Derek tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that he was bringing the ball up the floor looks way more comfortable playmaking. We hadn't seen that since the first game against Orlando. Um, and we were kind of concerned there. It's like, is that just completely gone? It was not gone tonight. The way he played defense, um, you just could, you really saw the, the stat of him holding, you know, still having the low, I don't know if he still does, but when he did having the lowest field goal percentage of or opponent field goal percentage, uh, you really saw that once again tonight um, and his offensive efficiency while his shooting, um, I believe only, yeah, just one for two from the three point line um, isn't what we would like it to be uh, his drives. That was the first time that I had really seen uh, mm-hmm. Derek kind of go into the post and or, or not go into the post, just go in the paint, excuse me, put his body into somebody drive, get some space and, and get a layup. Um, and this is, this is a great point. Diamante, thank you. You just took the, the, this is what I was trying to find in my words, but I couldn't say it. And that's what it was. He was aggressive. He was driving to the paint. And speaking of aggressiveness, another thing we did well tonight, we were beating up Luka Doncic on the defensive end. Like that shoulder that Keldon gave him at the beginning of the game that he got fouled on was a tone setter for the Mm -hmm. entire game that we don't care. We don't care if you're going to be the next LeBron. We don't care if you're going to be the next, you know, most famous player. We're going to put our shoulder into you and we're going to go get a layup. And Derek did that a couple times too, driving in against him. Um, So uh, I loved that kind of physical tone setting mentality uh, on the other team's opposing best player. Um, I mean, when you, (laughs) Keldon popped him he in did. the jaw. He popped him. Like, I was like, like, I, I would have even have been really that mad if they would have called offensive foul there. I mean, I was happy yeah. we didn't. I was happy we got the home court. But I was just like, that was great to see. So uh, trying to look at some positives, man. Trying to look at some positives. You're doing good. You're doing good, Jude. I like it. <laughs> I do want to address Tanner Robertson asked if Jakob was vaccinated. The whole team is vaccinated 100%. Staff, yeah. everybody so. is on board there. And Antonio B, Derek got scorched by Brunson, had 35 and 10 on him. Uh, yeah, but he wasn't, that was not all on Derek. <laughs> that was no, no, on no. everybody that tried to card Jalen Brunson tonight, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, at that point. Us. Yes, yes. Um, that was at the end. He just got hot. It didn't matter how good pl- that defense he played. He was just going to hit his shots. And we've, yeah. if you guys have been watched the other Mavs games for the past couple years, Jalen Brunson just tends to be like Kyrie Irving in the AT Center. Yep. So that's just that's just what it is, man. That's just what it is. Okay, another thing. Final positive thought from me. Uh, I liked. I know Keldon only shot seven for eighteen tonight. Um, but I loved how he kept shooting and I loved his Euro steps. Mm-hmm. I loved his Euro step. I know he missed like maybe one or two. Um, there's only one that's really popping in my head. It might've been two though. Um, and he's still, uh, he just, another element of his bag. I know he yeah. missed some mid ranges. I saw that in the comments. I get the frustration, especially with the game Devin was having. Um, but at the same time, uh, liked to see another thing from Keldon in another way that he can score other than just running straight to the basket. Like even yeah. though he's still going to the basket, it's not just like putting his shoulder down fullback running back. It. He was yeah. like actually had, you know, some, some more stuff in his bag. So good to see. Yes, he, he needs to finish better. Um, but we saw some improvement as the game goes on. 
So yeah, I think he just finally slowed it down a little bit and realized he doesn't have to go, you know, beeline straight from one part of the basket. He can kind of create a little bit. He had a nice some nice spin moves to get to the basket as well, uh, in addition to those zero steps. And I think helping Keldon was the transition game where we were actually playing defense and forcing some turnovers allowed him to kind of get going by getting some easier baskets, running the full court. Um, he was playing the three more also. Yes. It's a and lot I easier feel like score. that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That yes. was Doug McDermott being back also. 100%. It opened yeah. up everything for him. I see y'all are mentioning the bank shot. I don't, I don't know if Keldon can be Timmy. I don't know if he can be that, but I yeah. understand what y'all are saying because Instead of having to just like ah go through all the contact because they're not going to call every foul, unfortunately. Um, if if he were to you know just hey I can create a little space here, just throw it off the glass. That would that would allow yeah. for some other finishes for sure. That's a that's a great point. That's not something I I had a really thought of watching the game, but like seeing that those comments from you know, like it that that's something he can do. Okay, getting into the Q and A section of this, our man Drew. I have to answer that. I saw you ask this earlier, and we got to get to this now. So we didn't forget about you. We just had to get through our segments. Um, Chris Duarte is playing awesome, but once again, Primo's potential, there's no ceiling. He's 18. I got a text in a group chat that I have, and it was some Spurs fan on Twitter, and it was like Primo warming up and just doing some crazy, stupid. You can just tell the type of guy he is. You can just tell he's that guy. Yeah. That's the best way I can I can describe it. Um, and they were like, all this just to have Bryn playing in front of him. And I was like, you know, I think Primo might honestly already be a better defender than Bryn and a better shooter than him. <laughs> like, I know we haven't seen any NBA like real minutes but uh, yeah, I, Chris Duarte is playing phenomenal, um, but him being 24, and I think Primo is just going to be a better version of Duarte. Like, I think even though Duarte is awesome, he's like kind of coming into the league as what he is. And Primo, we're picking as, you know, with the idea of what he could become. So I'd yeah. rather pit, go with, you know, youngest player in the draft versus one of the older. He may have been the oldest. He's a 24-year-old rookie. Um Obviously, still, you know, Chris Duarte is a phenomenal player, but I'm still rolling with Primo on the potential, and I think he's a sniper just like Duarte too. So I think Duarte's skill set, Primo already kind of has, and he has a lot more years to get better. Yeah, Primo is going to show why he was picked one spot over Duarte in due time, uh, and he also just fits our timeline better as a rebuilding team. I mean, I know Indiana's technically still not in like championship caliber team. But at the same time, they still have like Miles Turner and uh, what's his name, Sabonis and Brogdon. Like they're trying to win now, even though they're not going to, but they want to. So yeah. it makes sense for them to go draft a guy that's twenty four and able to contribute right off the bat. For us, we're we're trying to build something here, and uh, Primo's absolutely going to be a big part of that. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, let's see, man. Any other? Okay, it looks like we got a. Got a comment. Um, how many years away do you think the Spurs mm. this oof? Um probably from contending? I don't know. I mean, I'm not I, I to be honest with you, as much as I love these guys and I think they have the potential to be, you know, all star players, I 
I'm not convinced that any of them are, you know, championship players. You kind of got to see that in the postseason to like really learn because you can build a team like this. Think about the Celtics. They built so many teams that they felt like are championship contenders and then they get to the postseason and it just doesn't work out. And it's like you're trying and yeah, they keep people, you know, they keep Tatum, they keep Brown. But what are they doing? They're like revamping the roster every three or four years. And I know you want to stick with some guys, but but I just need to see them like in a playoff setting before I can even begin to think yeah. about like where like how how much longer I would say like 28, 29. Like that's where I'm going right now. Y'all might, I see some of y'all, mm. some of y'all are looking very positive right now, but I gotta, I gotta see, uh, like I said, I gotta see these guys in the playoffs before I even begin to yeah. think about whether or not they're contender level, you know, it's a contending roster. Yeah. If I was a betting man, I'd say minimum five or six years minimum, yeah. like at, at best, honestly. Um, I know that's not what we want to hear, but it's just the reality. Unless for some reason, for some unknown reason, we go get ourselves a, the first overall pick and then some big-name free agent decides he wants to come to San Antonio. Yeah, we go get Chet. Primo becomes an all-star, and then we sign like uh, DeAndre Ayton and, and, and I don't know, some one other like really, really good all-star level player, and then maybe. But uh, I'm going like six or six years or so. Yeah, and, and Tanner, that's that's what I had. I said twenty eight, twenty nine when I, when I said that. This is what I meant, um, and that's just me. That, yeah, I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta see. Um, like I said, that, that that's just me throwing it out there with like, okay, what Dejounte will be? I don't know. He'll be thirty then. You know, he'll be in his prime. That's kind of when our guys will be in their prime. So Jude's waiting for Derek to retire, and then we'll yeah. get a and we'll get no. ring. No, 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 no. Brave of you to assume Primo is a prime Jordan. No, he's not prime Jordan. He's prime Primo. Come on now. Right. Oh. Josh Primo is one of one, man. He's one of one. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. All right. Well, oh, I see. I don't see too many too many comments. I mean, I see. Is the world still existing? That's a question. No, that is true. That is true, Yoga. Will the world be here in 2028? I, who knows? Um Yep. Man. Okay. I I like this. This would be great. I mean it would be great that, you know, if if Lonnie could be Armanu, you could it'd be great if, you know, so many other people could be Timmy's. I don't know. We'll have to see with these young guys. Uh but I definitely think Primo can yep. be like a French uh, <laughs> when you're this big is, three, all play the same is, positions. You. This is, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. Like I feel crazy saying this, but I feel like Primo can be like by far the best player on the team. Yeah, I agree. So we'll have to see with that. We got Kobe. Right. We just wait on Shaq. <laughs> For real. All right. Um, any any final thoughts of this SSPN post game of tonight's Dallas Mavericks game? Devin becoming Kawhi, yes, except a better scorer. Nope. <laughs> I think we summed it up pretty well. I just hope that the coaching staff. Uh, I know we don't know as much as they do, but I hope that they listen to this podcast and decide to put some bigger guys in the game. Yes, and uh, there was one comment that I forgot about at, like midway through this broadcast, and they said Zach is going to be our Christmas present. 
I completely agree. I think that's yep. a great way to end today's show. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe if you liked yes. what you saw. Um, please leave us a comment. It, tell us we're stupid, even even if you know it, it, it can be positive or negative. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, and Some of y'all fa- do. Yes, and hey, that's okay. We appreciate it. We really do. I know that sounds crazy, but like we we want any comments. So like the more the better. Um, and follow us on Twitter at Ethan underscore Quintero at Jude McLaren me. Um, and we will see. Oh, didn't click that. Didn't click that. I see we've got some other chat. We appreciate you guys. Um, and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>